All right, well, uh, welcome everybody to episode 15 of The Used Gamers. My name's Mike. I'm going to be playing a host for this episode. With me, as always, is Chris and Jared. Hello. Hey, guys. Um, so, uh, this tonight's going to be kind of an interesting episode uh, because we are going to be talking about The Last of Us. All, uh, I know I did a, a review a couple episodes back, so if you guys are interested in hearing about the review, please uh, feel free to go listen to that. Um, but finally, Chris and Jared got to play through it. So tonight we're going to be doing kind of a spoilerific, just uh, general talk about um, the game and the story and all of the really interesting nuances and everything about it. Uh, it's very, very um, kind of new and definitely mind-blowing experience in this game. And uh, we really enjoyed the story, especially was the huge part of it. So we're going to be talking a lot about that, giving away a lot of spoilers. So if you have any intentions of ever playing Last of Us... Um, I would definitely suggest not listening to this um, because, you know, obviously if you don't play the game for the story, there's not really much point in playing it. So uh, we really don't want to spoil it for you. So uh, please feel free to tune in um, next week because tonight is going to be totally Last of Us. So if you have no intention of listening to that, uh, sorry for wasting these couple of minutes of your time. But uh, feel free, you know, to listen to it later after you play. So, Great. Come back. Yeah. Um, but, so, uh, we're gonna kind of go ahead and just jump right into it. Um, like I said, you know, um, we've all gotten to play it, a very, very kind of, uh, you know, just mind-blowing experience. Like I said, uh, a new thing, uh, definitely different than a lot of other games that I've pretty much ever played, so, um, of course, I can already give my thoughts through the, uh, review, so, uh, you guys want to go ahead and give some initial thoughts just on the game and the story? Go ahead, Jared. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh... I was completely blown away by this game. I, I, it was such an immersive experience to me. I, I often found myself playing it for um, really long periods of time and kind of just kind of losing myself in the game. You know, like I, I remember once I got home from work and I was like, oh, you know, I'll play the game for a little while and then I'll, you know, do some other things. And that was at like six o'clock. And then at like one in the morning, I looked at the clock and went, oh, hey, it's one in the morning. Um, because I just kind of got lost in the game. It, it, it really grabbed me. And we'll talk about why. You know, There's a lot of reasons it got me. But to me, honestly, to throw out right here, right away, this is one of the, the best games I think I've ever played. Like I, I would put it as one of my top five favorite games of all time already. Um, which, having just played it, to me, is kind of substantial because you know there's so much history in games, and sometimes games feel better when you look back on them after a long time later, too. But th this game just like threw me for a loop. It was so immersive. I think was the big thing for me. I was so engrossed with with the game, and, and of course, because largely because of the story. Um, but I also felt that the way the gameplay worked w w built into that so nicely, too. You know, the way the game flowed between these periods of this kind of intense, stealthy you know, stressful fighting and then these kind of periods of dialogue and story-driven parts. And then there's, there's just these kind of soft times when they're just maybe in the forest or just kind of chatting and having a nice time for a while, too. And just the way that they blended those things. And, you know, I mean, to me, it is so much about the story, but the way they crafted the game is part of the story in that way. You know, the way it played, the way that the game shifted so much and how your experience was at different times. It, it just really got me. I mean, I'm Chris, I'm assuming you... I think everyone loves this game who played it. Yeah, and it, you, it's funny. Is I, I think that one of the things I've tried to do in my mind since finishing that game is try to, like, really think... Like, try to really think about the whole experience and try to also, like, see what 
what flaws there were in the game because I think there were some but like to know that like that's just part of the experience and that it doesn't take away from it at all because I don't think I've ever played a game that was perfect mm-hmm. I think every even my favorite games ever I could find something about it that bugged me or I didn't like or I thought could have been done different or done better but like just on the whole like you said it, it creates this this experience the, the thing that I kind of thought about as I was going through it um, is it, it, it in a lot of ways it kind of hits this like it's everything that I like about games now kind of condensed into one game. And it's everything from, like, just the length of it. Because I think I, I think it was about, I forget what my game clock was, 19 hours, somewhere around hours, that. Yeah. And for me, that's, like, that's like that's perfect. Like, for, for a game, unless it's, like, a little small downloadable indie type thing, if it's, if it's you know, less than 10, then you start to be like, well... And then if it starts to go, like beyond 30 unless it's a very specific kind of game and you're like wow that's that's a lot that's a big commitment so that's like that's perfect it's like it's a third person action game i love third person action games probably because i'm not that good at first person games but it has a really really compelling story with interesting characters fantastic voice actors and another thing i thought about because we talked about this when we went into detail about the next generation consoles coming out and when we watched the e3 presentations and one of the things everybody kept talking about was a uh, huge open immersive living real world where your decisions will carry it, it seemed like this like open world massive world thing was going to be like where everything was going and we kind of expressed some of our excitement about that but also some of our reservations about that sure. and i i don't think you could have done this game in any more open a fashion than it was because it was it was linear but within that there was a lot of opportunities for exploration which did not i think if you had avoided those it wouldn't have taken that much out of the game but there was just there were all these little moments where you know anytime you'd walk into a neighborhood or into a building that was new like I'd immediately look over and like sort of be marveled by the fact that so much of what was in the environment was you could interact with in some way. Like you even just like there's 15 buildings. Like I can probably go in like 12 or 13 of them. Like everything's not boarded up in a way that it's just background. Like <laughs> I could go in and find notes from people or just see, you know, what books are on a bookshelf or like the amount of detail that was kind of put into the world. I thought was really interesting. And there were, you know, quite a few moments throughout the game where they were completely sort of optional things where you know had you just been sticking to the main path like you should do because there is there is this urgency in this game like you should feel compelled to you know like i I gotta do this thing because this is important this is the fate of everyone but like that was some of the coolest stuff in the game was like there was a moment and i don't know if you guys saw it um you probably did but um where i don't remember it's somewhere around the midpoint of the game but you're you're in a city I think Pittsburgh, um, where you're wandering around, you're trying to get from point A to point B. I think you're going to an old quarantine area or something that's mm-hmm. been shut down. And Ellie's gone, and you kind of find her, and she's staring at some posters that are up on a wall. Yeah, yeah. with the the supermodel, mm-hmm. or the, and she's like, "Why is she so skinny?" And then it's sort of it's just a reminder of the fact that like she's only ever been a part of this world. And he's like, "What do you mean?" Well, she's so thin. What? Why is? Why does she look like that? And he's like, "I don't know." Looks, I guess, that's what people wanted. She's like, really? That's that's so weird. Like, and just she actually just says that it's stupid. It's yeah, it's dumb. Like, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Like, what? No, you like you do this to you, yourself you can, on purpose. You this can, is yeah. ridiculous. When you could have food, yeah. right? And and sometimes that stuff was 
you know, sometimes you could tell there was a moment because there'd be a little, like, uh, a QQ above her head. There'd be, like, a little triangle. You'd be like, oh, I gotta go talk to her because there's gonna be some dialogue. But then other times, you're just wandering through the city and she's like, all right, time for some jokes. And she pulls out her little joke book and starts just reading to you. Like, mm-hmm. nothing prompts it. Like, and, you know, it's... And it's cool because I like... Num- not only did you know that was an opportunity for a fun little moment, but at the same time, like, that was also usually, like, kind of a breather in between, like, the action... Because I will say that some of the points in this game where things get action-y were intense in a good way, but then also some were also very, very frustrating for me. Never enough to get me to like walk away, but I, I heard somebody else refer to them as pain points in the game. The game had a lot of pain points. <laughs> yes. And there were definitely a couple places where I, I gripped my controller tightly. I like to think I'm old and mature enough now that I'm not going to throw it anymore, but uh, probably because I know how much it costs. But um, but definitely, I sort of grip my teeth and go, "What? I'm playing this part again? Okay." Just to kind of get through it. But yeah, um, so that was the thing that I thought was really cool was taking that whole look at the world and even seeing things like that kind of frustration, not not keeping me away from doing like what Jared said. Like, I, there was no time when I ever sat down with this game like. Before I went to work and played for 30 minutes. Like, no, no, no. Like, if, if I was going to sit down with it, I was going to sit down with it for two or three or four hours at yeah. a time, you know, and just sort of, you know, just see where this thing was going. Because it's it, it's interesting because it lays the story out in a very linear way. Like, do this. Start here. Get her. Take her here. Done. I mean, it's it's a very... I mean, it's the whole country, ostensibly. It's so it's easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a big thing, but it's a it's a simple thing. But, I mean, you can't make a 20-hour game out of a simple go from point A to point B. So you know things are going to go wrong, and things are going to go crazy, and things are going to go bad. And it did, a lot. But, um, yeah, I mean, just sort of, I don't know, everything about it. Like, I, I want to talk just specifically about... Um, about acting in this game because I think mm. it I think it's not even enough to say voice acting because I think a lot of this stuff was mo capped so I think there was actually they did acting going yes. on and um yeah. but you know this this is maybe if we look back on this like this transition of like this this time in gaming that might be the thing more than anything else that stands out to me that like this was the time when this part of things got real like and it's and it's everything from the seriousness of something like this to the insanity of tiny tina and borderlands i mean that's that's all acting but and it's fantastic and it's like we've gone through so many years of horrible scripts and horrible acting and horrible just cut scenes and just go well that's it's a game so what do you expect you know it's like yeah, it's a video game. It's, it was, the writing was good for a video game. But, like, yeah. no, 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 no. This is way better than many TV shows I've watched and many movies that I've watched. And oh, it's yeah. like, so now we're at par. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Jared kind of, you know, was able to kind of put together a list of a lot of the actors and actresses that were in there. And Yeah, I just hit the highlights um, just because I wanted to, like, almost recognize these people because I agree. You know, a big part of selling this experience was that these characters were very real-feeling characters, you know, and... And the acting and voice acting sells that. You know, if they just came in and someone was like, hello, my name is Joel, and I will try to make money with... You know, you're like, okay, that's nothing, you know. But right. these voice actors were just fantastic, you know, the, the depth of what they were crafting. So, um, Ellie was played by Ashley Johnson and Joel by Troy Baker. I thought Joel's performance in particular was just stunning. 
Um, and then I bring this up too, just because he's like the king of voice acting. But Nolan North did the character of David, um, which we talked about this briefly earlier. We haven't talked about this much, but we talked about this a little bit. But we were pleased to see him playing such a different character. You know, like we've seen him so many times as the young, cocky guy who just wins and the hero, yeah. and he's a hero, and he's just kind of funny and. Right. And you know this very kind of Han Solo kind of character, like he's roguish and charming, and just kind of scrapes through, you know. And and now he played this psychopath, cannibal, crazy cult leader character, yeah. and that's really cool. And uh, so I, just because he's who he is, I brought him up too. But every, everyone who did that, I mean, all the characters were were great. It wasn't like these guys were great, and then you'd run into NPCs and they'd be like, or. I mean, not that you ran into a ton of characters, or you'd run into short-lived characters in the game, and that they would like, oh, well, we won't bother with them. No, they were all great, right. and that was that was a big deal to me about why this game was so good. No. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, I think back on that character of David too, because it's interesting because you're kind of, you know, at, at the outset, you know, your your enemies in this game are, are one of two varieties. It's it's you know, it's the monsters, the infected, and then it's. It's that whole thing of Walking Dead, too. It's like the real enemies are the living. Because right. they're the ones you really have to worry about. Like, right. You know what to expect out of the infected. They're monsters. They're going to try to kill you. This is how you kill them. Done. They're never going to lie to you. They're never going to be anything other than what they are. But you never know with people like what their intentions are going to be. But then to like fairly late in the game kind of pull out this one character in what was already kind of a weird part of the game because that's mm-hmm. the part where you're playing as Ellie. Playing as Ellie because Joel had injured himself. Yeah, and, right? and at that point you really don't, for the way this game builds, had he died at that point, that could have been a legitimate thing that would have happened in this story and I would have just rolled with yeah. it and said, okay, and, that's what happened in this story. I, I love the way they cliffhangered that because there was a large portion of time when you didn't know if he was dead or alive. Yeah, because it's a change of seasons, right? Where they playing. switched to you playing as Ellie. Yeah, so you you don't know for a bit and it really seems like he probably would have died but you're like, I don't, did he, did he die? Like, that was cool. Like, I'm sitting there that whole time going, like, all right, when am I going to get to the point where I figure this out? Because I need to know if he's dead or not. Right. And I'm just playing as Ellie for the rest of the game. We're like, what's going on? Right. So to have this sort of, like, shift where, you know, you run into these characters and you're like, eh, are they important? Are they not important? They're just, they're going to push the plot ahead. However, like, oh, now I'm running into these guys and now I'm in this stupid barn mission where I have to keep killing things running at the windows. That was one of my pain points. I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like to have a villain like that—that's not—that's not like a an overly insane monster. I mean, a lot of what made him sort of terrifying was how sort of quiet and calm he could be. Mm-hmm. He didn't end up that way. Right. I mean, the like, he, he definitely went off the deep end by the end yeah. of it. But he was very like almost father-like when he first met her. Like he just seemed like he wanted to take care of her right. immediately. And even once you know. his sort of intentions are made known, I mean, for a while, he's pushing to, no, 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 like, she's one of us now, and I just need to make everybody else see that. You're making this really hard for me. Like, he keeps saying that. You're making this really difficult. Like, how am I going to sell this to everybody if you keep trying to stab me in the hand break and, like, break my fingers? And, like, you're making this really difficult. And she's just, like, just being a bratty little, no, leave me alone. You're crazy. Like, which he is. And, yeah. But... You know, him trying to kind of like, no, no, this is going to be good. Like, this is how things are going to be now. So, yeah, I just thought that that performance in particular, I just thought was like so awesome. Because it's not even really a main character. And it's oh, not no. really the main villain, but it's a villain that gets introduced like well, later in the Well, he served a very pivotal no part, though. Right. Yeah. There really is no main villain. 
It's just the which world is, you're in, Which right? is so intriguing. It's the yeah. situation. You're just, yeah, there's no, like, there's no bad guy. Like, there's no nothing to point at, but, like, yeah, the world. Like, this is how the world is like. That's what they fight against. It's what the world has become. That's it, that's the closest you can get to a villain, is that the world has gone down the crapper. Right. That's cool. in In a way, too, that, you know, they don't feel necessary to kind of explain why this happened. Like, you know, we have your little interstitial cutscenes when they're doing, like, the opening credits where they're playing, like, news clips and you're seeing some newspapers and it's like, world governments are blah, 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 a group called the Fireflies is protesting. And it's like, that's as much of, like, an info dump as you get in this game. There's no, like, it doesn't open with graphics on the screen saying, 20 years ago, a horrible infection. Like, no, you're just thrown into this thing. like Which is better. Yeah, and which, to cycle back to that, I mean, since like, you had the opportunity to play the game Mike, before the rest of us did, and you know, one of the things you had mentioned early on is like right from the outset, like you're you're thrown into this thing, and you're like, whoa. So I mean, just to I mean, let's go back and look at just sort of the opening of the game. Everything that happens before the title of the game shows oh, yeah. up on the screen. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the most amazing parts of that. Well, whole it, experience. it it totally sets the tone, and I think that's the thing is that the, I don't I re, I think a lot of the reasons why there is no villain, there is no real kind of thing like that, is because I, I think the story is all revolving around what happens in the beginning, and it's all Joel's. How Joel is reacting to it and how he's coping with it. Because for the beginning, for those of you, obviously most of you hopefully have played it, um, you start off, the very first character you start off as playing is not Joel. You actually start off playing Sarah, which is Joel's daughter. And you're playing as her. She basically, you know, you know, Joel comes home and you have a little interactive thing with him and then he, you know, everybody goes to bed. Well, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're walking around as Sarah and you can't find Joel. And then he bursts in at one point in time, and this is kind of the beginning of the infection. So it's it's basically their escape from the town. And in the end, the you know Joel is carrying really Sarah. Yeah, it's a very intense kind of moment. And eventually, when you finally take over Joel, it's right as you, you wreck a car and you're right near the bridge to escape from the town. So you're carrying Sarah and pretty much just running for it away from all these infected and right. stuff. And you run into a soldier who is guarding the bridge. And so he calls in and gets orders, and basically his orders are to kill anyone who tries right. to get across, which includes which, Joel and his daughter. Yeah. So Joel goes to try to, you know, fight off this soldier, and um, in the end, uh, Joel's brother ends up showing up and, and killing the soldier, but not before he actually shoots Sarah, who dies. Um, so that kind of sets up, I think, the big thing, because... You know, that is what puts Joel into position when you really kind of take over and the game really kind of starts is, you know, not only did he have to go through this plague and this whole change of the world, but he lost like the only person that really meant so much to him. And it's kind of changed his entire lifestyle. Like you find out, you know, he's kind of alienated his brother. He's come into a lifestyle where, you know, he's looked at as a bad guy. I mean, he's a smuggler. He's. He, you know, tortures people. He He's kills people. He's an arms people. dealer. He's an arms dealer, yeah. He works with very bad people. He does things that are very moral, morally questionable or at least just morally wrong, period. And, you know, it... He's become more of just caring about number one. He cares about himself, and that's it. And that's the only person he does look out for, because this is what happened when he looked out he, for somebody else. And then, He looks out for Tess. He does, kind of, but I, I still feel like he is still very much... It's all about survival for yeah. him at mm-hmm. any cost whatsoever. It's all about survival, right. and it really kind of tells you about who he is. And I think the whole story is kind of, you know, his kind of transformation. And then also as well, I think the story is definitely mostly about Ellie. 
Because I think she's really kind of the main character, which is interesting oh, because yeah. you don't even meet her until a, a quite a bit into yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, you know, I really feel like, you know, a, a big chunk of the story, yes, is about Joel and how he's dealing with the death of his daughter and, and all this kind of stuff. Because I think he's that's harder for him to deal with than the fact that the world has been conquered by this fungus that's hmm. taken over everybody. I think that's more of what he's dealing with. And then you come in, and, you know, and then Ellie shows up, and that kind of really kind of changes the the you know her story but i think the reason why they had to do that stuff with joel is because their relationship is based off a lot of the fact that he lost his daughter who is would probably be about the same age that ellie is and then that affects kind of their relationship which affects ellie's story which continues on no his daughter would have been much older it was like all oh, right because it was like years later 15 they're about the age yeah yeah oh yeah that's true so um but yeah but that's still a correlation with since it's that age yeah i think so but, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting about the opening to me was, as you're playing as Sarah early on, you actually get in a car, you're getting driven around for a while, and there's a lot going on you can watch, so you kind of can look around, but that's all you can do, is look around. And I, I, I kind of, see, this is what I'm t- talking about when I said they crack this game beautifully. You can look around and see things happening, and you can't affect it at all. And that feeling of helplessness, right at the beginning of the game, I think really sets you up. You're mm-hmm. like, I can't do anything. I'm just watching the world eat itself alive right now right. and I'm just just you know there's people in the front seat even that are, you're not even driving there's a car you don't get to drive the car well and it's and there's even the point too where it's not just about um, not being able to sort of like push your own uh, it's not about that you just have to sit and do whatever you know you're helpless to do anything I mean there's even the point where you know you're you're on the road and you come across the other family that's sort of like their car's broken down or they're hitchhiking or something and like she says, like, oh, we need to help them. And they're just like, no, like, drive, no. drive, drive. Yeah. And then even after that's over, there's, like, this moment's pass, and she's like, we should have stopped and helped them. Like, and so it's, yeah, it's that really, like, there's nothing you can do. And it's, it's cool because, like, even thinking about, like, at the moment where you're her in the house before you know what's going on and you're seeing uh, police cars fly by the window. Mm-hmm. Like, it's stuff like that that creeps me out where you think about, like, okay, right now while we're recording this podcast – were we to see a mushroom cloud erupt over downtown Orlando, like, like what do you actually do in that moment? Like, in that moment when everything changes? Because it's not, it's not a movie where it's like, the camera's cutting like crazy and there's dramatic music. No, it's just like, there's this, this huge period of confusion where nobody knows what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And that's what... Games aren't made for that. Games are made for... This has happened. Now fix it. Now, now you're empowered to do something about it. And this is like, no, no, like you're in the middle of this. Like, what do you to the point where you're like, Dad? Like you're walking around. You're like, can I help? No. Like, no. You're like, are you in the bathroom? What is what is going on? And so it's like, yeah, it's exploring those moments of just like like confusion and helplessness. Like, and that's your introduction to this world. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's that's bold. Great. I like. And, that. and the other thing I want to bring up about the introduction that is interesting for me. Um, I think, and, and it's possible that that the impact of this game was a little different on me than it was for you guys because um, I have a young daughter, and uh, so you know I I have a child, and and like you know you watch the opening, his daughter's not just dead; she gets shot and is dying right, as right, he's right. holding her, begging her to live. Mm-hmm. That was really hard for me to watch. Sure, I think it's. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, not even have. It. I think it's just a hard. I mean, just and it, it, that goes to the acting. It was done so well, and just the way, like, just with the the amazing graphics, they're able to capture the facial expression mm-hmm. and stuff. 
I mean, and the music and everything was done so perfectly. There's so many scenes in this game where you can just feel the emotion. Like I said, it was it's an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. There are ups, there are downs, and I mean, it will hit you. I and mean, that's the that's one of the reasons why I think it is such a great game because it affects you in a way. I don't think any game. Like, you can play some games where it's, like, cool action scenes. You're like, whoa, or something happens that's really funny and you'll laugh. But, I mean, I think this is one of the first really big games that really just kind of, like, left you just in a state of just not being able to do anything. Like, you're mm-hmm. just sitting there watching it. Well, yeah, and that was one of the, you know, I mean, th- this game came out and everybody kind of jumped on it. And, I mean, you know, there was heaps and heaps of praise. And one of So then, you know, because this is, like, the internet we're talking about, we can't like anything too much. So then there has to be some kind of backlash, right? So, like, one of the first sort of criticisms you end up hearing about this game is, you know what? Like, yeah, all the praise, like, this is all valid, everything you guys are talking about. But, like, at the end of the day, I don't think this was fun. Like, this wasn't fun to play. Like, think about what I did. Like, think about what... No, not we're not talking about mechanics and, like, you know, how the guns felt. Which like even this the mechanics thing, weren't that fun. Okay. The combat yeah, wasn't so fun, it, but it wasn't supposed to be. And that's what it is. It's like... Well, yeah, I think it's because if you judge it on the merits of what we would generally think a big action game would be, then, yeah, it's like, is sitting around and looking for parts that I can upgrade my shivs with for, like, look, I'm going to go look behind this lawnmower. Like, yeah, and then just every tragic thing you could imagine is happening to everybody, and there's no, like, the the threads of hope in this game are so tenuous they're so thin like it's never like a as as long as we do this we know everything's gonna be okay it's like everything is a risk like you know from the point that like the main character you know the main character meaning the player character really wants nothing to do with the mission of this game but like he's basically compelled because of a lot of different things i mean it's it's weird because he's a big he's a man's man Joel is a man's man. He's a, a guy through and through, and everything in the game draws that. But it's like you lead up that intro of the game and the death of his daughter, where the rest of the game he's basically kind of just being led around by strong females, and that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Like not in a way that you know they're overpowering him, but it's like he's always expressing his concern and his frustration, and is like, "This is a bad idea. I'm not going to do this." But he doesn't get his way. Like it's always about like what they're going to do, and he, you know. Damn it, help me if you want to, but I don't care. If you don't, I'm doing this. And it's sort of like, all right. <laughs> so you're just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's you know, that you're not just the big burly action guy. Mm-hmm. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, uh, kind of an abiding protective thing he has for women. I think so, yeah. And yeah. I think that's what it is. It's like, no matter how much I disagree with what you are, I still want to, I still need to be a part of this because I, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I can't let you be alone. I don't want to be alone, whatever you want to call that. Like, but yeah, I mean, it's, and it's cool because you're, you're kind of leapfrogging from these relationships from one to another. Some staying around, some only being there for part of the thing. But mm-hmm. I, And I think that's really interesting too, is how you do jump, jump, uh, uh, or bump into all these different characters along the way that kind of, you know, tag along for a little while. And even for these short periods of time, these people are there, you create kind of this emotional attachment to them and. You know, a lot of people die, like, especially with, uh, you know, Henry, um, when you run into him and uh, Sam. Sam. Uh, I mean, you know, you you build this whole kind of relationship with him, and you have these kind of ups and downs with them. Like, there's a time where Henry and Sam, you know, you kind of get split up, and they kind of leave you. They're like, oh, yeah, well, you guys are screwed, so we're going to take off. But then you also get the part where the two adults in their 
That's right. The kid kids are kind of switched, and they have yeah. to take care of the other kid for them. Yeah, and they do it. And then you meet you back know? up, and you have kind of this confrontation between Joel and Henry, which I find is kind of interesting because I think this is kind of a pivotal thing where it shows that Joel is starting to really care for Ellie because he's very much the survivalist. He's very much like. You know, it, it, you know, do what you got to do to survive. So in his case, if he would have been sitting on top of that bus and right. been able to get away and leave Henry and Sam behind, he would, would he? He probably, would have, he probably oh, yeah. would have. He does a lot of things in the game that would make you believe he would, but yet he gets so angry, like to the point where he's going to kill Henry for leaving him behind. And I think it has nothing to do with the fact that he left him behind. I think it has to do with the fact that he left, he left Ellie. Ellie right. I think that's because he's starting to gain that protectiveness. You know, it's all about that. Because originally he wants nothing to do with Ellie, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact because he sees, you know, his daughter right. when he looks at her. But as it goes along, you know, he starts. You can see points where he starts to care about her and starts to want to talk to her yeah, about and, things. And I think it's interesting because they play it where he's really trying to fight caring about her. Oh he yeah, he doesn't want to. Mm. You know, like I even think up to the point where he gets to his brother and asks his brother to take her right. and finish the journey. I think the reason he asks him to do that is because he's afraid he's like he's going to he, screw this up. Yeah. Well, no, or he's or too he's, attached. He's too yeah, attached yeah. to her. Yeah. He's and afraid he just, of losing her. Yeah, you know, again, he can't, he's basically. too afraid that he's attached, which he proves he is by continuing the journey with her. Right later, you know, I think that kind of proves he's attached. But I think that you know they played the character where he never says that. He never says like. To his brother, like, I can't continue to be this attached to this girl. Right, it's exactly. too hard on me. You just get it from the way that it's played. That's so awesome. And there's a lot of stuff in the game that's like that. Yeah. Where not a lot is just out and said. There's a lot of stuff that you just kind of get from the game. Right. But, um, um, like I was saying uh, with uh, with Henry and Sam, though, I was going to get to the, the part where, you know, those two basically dies because um, Sam gets bitten and gets infected. So then they have to kill him. And, of course, Henry doesn't want to do it. Which, you know, then they, they finally, you know, he finally does actually do it. And then he basically ends up killing himself as well. Off, yeah. So, I mean, it just leaves you. It's just one of those many scenes in the game that just leave you in that, like, ugh, like oh, my gosh. I can't believe all this just happened. And you just feel kind of drained. And then you have to go on to the next scene and, like, yeah, keep playing. Right. You're Here just like, oh, I just want a second to, like, gather myself. And there's, there's so many parts like that that you go mm-hmm. through that are just these gut-wrenching kind of elements that... uh just really kind right, of and, just and I think away. about like you know, were that were that relationship to exist in a movie or in a more traditional action game, like the way okay, keep the characters' endings the same, like where they're going to end up, which is not in your game anymore, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and that's you know, that's a, that's a cool device, like you, you make you care about something and then take it away from you, right? I mean, that's that's been done before. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get started on the dog in Fable Two if you guys have ever played that game, but um, <laughs> but uh, the. Um, yeah, I mean, so you know the way that ends is like you know the the tragedy of the son turning and the father having to you know take him out, which is what you you'd like to think you could do, right? Because like that you love them so much that you don't want them to to be, be a monster. But but and, and then but like he would go out in some like epic way where like a wave of infected's coming out, but he's gonna like. No, Joel, let me handle this. Like, I'm going to take him out. So you, But no, it's, it's just this like ending test, where he's just like... Test dies, he's yeah. just like, oh my, I can't, ah, I can't handle this. Boom! And he's just gone. So it's like, in that moment, you're kind of like... Now we're back to zero. Like, we, what did we gain from this? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like... And then they're just gone. And then it's just, let's just keep going. And then there... And only a couple times later in the game is there any kind of a callback to that kind of sort of experience. 
where because I was thinking about you mentioned when you first m- mentioned Sam, the first thing my mind went to was with them trying to escape from the part of the city they're in, and they end up going through the toy store. And Sam ends up picking the little like robot toy up, and he's like looking at it. And his brother sort of smacks it out of his hand, and he's like, "We don't have time for that. Like, put that down. Like, we only, only what we can carry. Yeah. Only what you can carry in your backpack." And then, and it's funny because I don't know if you guys did this, but I sat there and tried to pick up that stupid robot so oh. much. And like, as Joel, I'm like, "This is important. I want to. I want to add this to my inventory." Like, it's just, and you can't. <laughs> and you're just sitting there, and Ellie's just sitting there staring at it, and I'm just like. Okay, it's cool because again, it's like it's a meaningful way that a character's interacting with the environment that's not you. So that's cool because that's something they did really well in this game. Mm-hmm. And then like later on in the game, you know, you run across this child's grave. Not that much later in the game. I think it's right before you meet up with your brother again. And there's a teddy bear on it, and she's like, "Damn it! I should have put that robot on his grave. I forgot, Joel. We have to go back." And he's just like, "No, we're not. It's done." Things happen, and it's we're done. Mm-hmm. So it's like just stuff like that. Like it's like, yeah, it's it's amazing because I mean, part of that is practicality, right? You have to move the plot forward. You're still it's still a narrative, and it's a game, and you have to keep playing. But like you know, to to be able to touch back on that stuff like is cool, and and not in like even a Mass Effecty way where towards the end you know you don't have little like slow oh, motion black nice. and white photos of everyone that you've lost like flashing on <laughs> no because that's like that's which was you know while that was great in Mass Effect I love that but like that's not this game was not about that there's there's no happy violins and butterflies at the end of this game like yeah. um, well then I guess the, the next really big scene I guess we should probably talk about because you know we were talking a lot about the David character would be you know the part where you're playing as Ellie which you know a lot of people made a, you know a big argument to show like this how to make her such a big strong female characters when you actually get to play as her and you're doing all the stuff that Joel did only as this right. you know little teenage mm-hmm. girl um, but then of course you know when she gets captured by David and then the, the kind of I guess best thing for lack of a better term boss battle that you have yeah, against him where you're in that there's the, those different stages of David as yeah. you cut oh. him and then he gets stronger and stronger almost <laughs> that, that was probably my least favorite part of the game was fighting David see I, I felt like everything except for the final the final boss form if he's a Final Fantasy boss um, was like I could deal with it but it just got fight was just like somehow he got the ability to cloak himself and travel at supersonic speeds and yeah and there was broken plates everywhere everywhere (laughs) and oh oh, wait oh now it's on fire too so I can't run half the places I need that got frustrating because at least like a little bit of that cat and mouse I thought was cool because you've got your little your detective vision mode, which I mean, that's like, you know, say what you will about it, but I loved it. I mean, every time I would crouch down to kind of listen to my environment, it would make me think about Dishonored and I'd be like, why did I have to power up to get that in another game? This is awesome. (laughs) Like, it's such a like, and think about like, yeah, like if you're a person and you, you sat for a second and really kind of focused, you'd be a little bit more aware of your environment. And then to take that away in that boss battle was just well, I mean, they did it, it well in that it was so all much. about sound. So if somebody was crouching and crawling around, which is what he was doing, he was being sneaky, right. which is why you couldn't hear him. Then so that's he why be, your little vision yeah, didn't really work, work at well. Mm-hmm. So that was, a, but I, I, you know, the the, the climax of it when she finally—it's like her first real kind of 
head on face on like killing a person where they really kind of bring it in it's one of those moments where you really see like yeah ellie has been through a lot so obviously she seems like she's a lot older than a typical 14 year old girl i think she is she was 13 or 14 yeah she seems a lot older than that but this is one of those moments where you still kind of see her be that vulnerable kind of like i'm still just a 14 year old girl because she takes a machete to his head repeatedly and turns him into jello losing it yeah and, you know, and of course, you know, Joel then shows up, you know, and uh, kind of is that nurturing father figure for her because of she's dealing with this really hard thing. And that's one of those, another one of those moments that you see him really starting to, you know, care about her in that, that way. And I mean, that was another one of those scenes that, oh, I mean, just the emotion that you saw coming out of her in the voice acting, in the, you know, the facial expressions and the graphics and just in the the music, the scene itself, the fire, everything all that stuff that's going on and she's just like it's like she has been pushed to the limit and it's just broken down and there was a thing that I noticed too and it was funny because in the moment I felt like it was my system being glitchy because the HDMI cable I have on my PlayStation is a little testy sometimes sometimes I'll have audio issues or the picture will drop out for a couple frames and it'll come back on where and I, I'm assuming this was a feature that you guys both saw too but it's it's that moment like she's freaking out and she's blood viscera flying everywhere because she's mutilating this guy and then joel comes and pulls her away and he said you know it's all right i mean whatever he says and then his audio cuts out and he's sitting there and he's holding you and he's talking he's talking and all of a sudden his voice isn't registering yeah anymore. Mm-hmm. and i was like i thought that was legitimately something wrong like that the audio cut out but then the more i thought about it i was like no i think that's because you're playing that's what happened. Ellie at exactly time, because so that you're you just him and then you know where the narrative picks up from there it, it kind of makes sense because there's this weird sort of period of about an hour of game time where it's like she just sort of seems weirdly oblivious to what you're doing and what's going on well, and you're and constantly not... reminding her about things like hey and she's sort of like oh yeah yeah okay okay i'll, I'll come help you with that well and no and i thought that was done beautifully because it shows you the change in her because all before that she's a little chatterbox and of course joel is just like you know you need to stop talking i'm so tired of you talking like he gets so sick of it and then during that whole part, she is just silent. And he keeps being like, so, hey, what's going on? She's like, what? Oh, oh, No, nothing. I'm fine, yeah. And yeah. he's almost trying to, like, it, and you, you can see kind of the change in him in yeah. that as well. Because he actually, he's like missing that chatterbox, you know? Right. It's like, so he wants her to be back to normal. But well, of I course think that's she's just also, gone. I think that's the point where he's just let go. And he's like, no, I care about this girl. Yeah. I think that's the difference. You're kind of in too deep at this point. Yeah, know, so. like he's talking about the future and stuff after that. Like, they're just going to be together. Yeah. At that point, and that was that so, that that specific that too. yeah that specific moment too. Uh, you're in like a wrecked hotel or something, um, because it's like it's that thing about one of the things I liked about this game versus Bioshock Infinite. Not that they're the same game, but you know it's another game where you've got this sort of co-actor that's with you at all mm-hmm. times, where you don't have to protect them, which is fantastic. This is yes. the new thing all games should do forever. Like you should never have to do another escort mission ever. Um, but like. Um, Elizabeth in Bioshock, a lot of times, I mean, she's looking at things in the environment, but it might be scripted in such a way where, like, she'd lean over and kind of, like, be staring at, like, a wall where I'm like, there's nothing there. But I felt like the way that Ellie would interact with the environment was always meaningful. And in in that scene, there's, like, it's like a waiting room in in a lobby in a hotel, and she just goes and, like, sits on a bench, and she just stops doing anything. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to figure out where to go next, and, you know, there's... There's this sort of very conservative use of like quick time eventy type stuff in the game where it's like I know if I see a ladder 
that means I push triangle, I'm gonna pick it up, and then I'll just look for the next triangle, which tells me, oh, this is where I probably placed right. this thing. And then, you know, what, and what that would mean, if it was a ledge you couldn't get to, was it meant that, okay, the camera shifts, your back goes to the wall, you go like, you know, you put your hands down, and you launch her up above you. And this is one of my absolute favorite moments of the game because at this point she's sort of you know disconnected from oh, you, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you press it and you go up against the wall and you stand there and nothing happens, and then his shoulders kind of relax and his his eyebrows sort of and he's looking around like it's this moment where like the game is like it breaks for a second. You're like, no, this always means that I do this thing, and all of a sudden it's not working. Right. And I thought that was so cool that like to just tweak that a little bit because mm-hmm. there's so many moments in the game where like so much gets conveyed by by something like that like somebody's body posture changes or somebody furrows their brow and like you could put 10 pages of dialogue behind that but no it it makes so much more sense to just see what that looks like and i thought that was such a cool moment because again like jared said that's one of those things that drives home like the fact that you're now wait this is i'm concerned something's wrong here well yeah i mean the world is falling into this hell there's a lot of that's wrong but like no, in that moment, what's upsetting to you, what the problem is the fact that she's, something's wrong with her and you don't know what it is. She's so. not doing what she normally does. Exactly. And then you have to go find her and yeah, be like, like, hey, snap out of it, you, you know, come on. Right, get her engaged again, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was amazing. Um, what, what did you guys think about, um, this was, okay, let me think about where it fits in the plot. I think it was right around that, you know, the David Boss battle. Um, the, the Lost in the Snow sequences. Which I think you play both as Ellie and as Joel, if I'm you right. Do. Where there's like the snowstorm and yeah, you're yeah. Like sneaking around through because it. Because one of the things that I, I kind of had to remind myself about this game is I'm like, I don't have a map. And I didn't need one. I mean, like, the game was designed in such a way that you usually end up getting funneled basically where you need there to go. There were a couple of times where I was like, I really wish I had a map. And that was one of them for me because I'm like... I had a part. Because I remember thinking, yeah, I'm like, this has the potential to get me so frustrated. Because yeah. not only can, am I not trying to orient off of things in the environment like the environment is something i can't orient to so i mean did you did you think that was cool did you think it was frustrating did you think it was i mean i thought the idea was cool because it added the whole thing was the the game had a lot of stealth to it well now it's like you're literally in an area where people can't see 10 feet from their face right so i think it added a kind of an interesting element to that it was frustrating but i feel like there was so much of this game that was frustrating but i think that was kind of the point I think the whole idea of this game was to make you feel like you're in a situation that's way over your head. You were never supposed to feel like dominant. You were never supposed to feel all powerful. You were never supposed to feel like when you walk into a room full of a bunch of bad guys, you're just like, haha, whoop out my double shotguns and just kill everybody. Right. Like it was supposed to feel like when you walked into a room and saw somebody move across like a window and like the character ducked, you know, that's how they would usually start the action sequences. Like you actually kind of felt like, oh yeah, crap, there's somebody. Cause yeah. You realize, like, if I don't hide, there's a good chance I'm not going to win this battle or I'm going to take right. a lot of damage at least. And I almost rarely got through a battle where I got through just perfectly unscathed and was able to take everybody out really stealthy and quietly. Like, usually right. somebody would see me or somebody would shoot at me and I'd have to use some bandages. And But I think that was kind of the point of it. Yeah, I did so. that one time. It was amazing. Where it was in the... Just felt exhilarating. I did. I was, like, so high on it. Where I, um... Which you didn't feel that way a lot in the game. Where there was, it was uh, one of the hotels in um, when you stop in the city, mm-hmm. and uh, in the early part mm-hmm. where you stop in the city, and you're stalking through the ho- and you're stalking through these different hotels, kind of one after another. And one of the hotels, I just ganked everyone without anyone even noticing me, 
Were these uh, the police officer, the humans, or humans? Yeah, yeah. There was, I think was, I remember what part you're talking about. Yeah, it was in when you when you stop in the city where the guy tries to say like, "Hey, help me," and then you know you don't stop, and Ellie's like, "Why don't you help him?" And he says, "Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he's okay, like, I know he's exactly not even, which part he's you're not even about hurt. Now. That's yeah, like that one part. of the first big scenes where you run into humans. Yeah, and, and there's a part, and a number of them, like, a number of them, and they're really trying to just kill you, and. Um, there was one one of the buildings only, and most of them I couldn't do it, where I got everyone stealthily killed. And I, I think I got a little bitter at that point, because that was a point I realized every time you take somebody out, you need to get away from that body as fast yeah, as yeah. possible. Oh, yeah, and you should just I, sit there. As soon as I figured that out, that really helped. I'm like, okay, I took him out here, so I'm going to go around here, because then when they show up there, then I can do this. Or my, I do my second favorite thing, which is I take out a body knowing they'd run to it, so I'd leave a little nail bomb there and walk off. Yeah. Because they walk up and be like, oh no, a dead body. <laughs> um, and, uh, but uh, yeah, I did do that once and it was very satisfying. And I realized as I'm playing that, that I played this game on normal. And I found it to be um, satisfyingly challenging, sometimes a little frustrating in the challenge. And I realized, like, if you want to play this on the harder difficulties, you have to do that, like, all the time. Well, yeah. You and would have to be able to do that constantly. And there's probably, I mean, me, I got used to just saving a lot, and I got used to reloading a lot, just because, and you you got used to, like, you would kind of figure out a strategy to take out this guy, and then you'd move into the next room, and then, you know, you'd end up getting killed, so then you'd reload, so you'd remember how to take out this guy, and then from the failure, you learn how to maybe take out this guy, and then you move, and then you die. And so it was kind of like each time oh, you geez. died, you learned how to take out a guy. And no, you died a them. lot more than I did. I yeah. was I was really slow. I just moved slow all the time. Well, no, I know, and you learned that too. Like you would sit there and watch people around. for five minutes, you know, to mm-hmm. learn their patterns. I mean, there were some rooms where I would just be sitting there behind like a desk, just watching for them minutes, walk just watching, like waiting. Okay, so this person does this, and then and at you that get point this time, one this opening, guy walks you gotta that just way. Go and, get that guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was, I thought that was cool, too, which because it wasn't, you know, I'm used to in games where stealth is a component where, you know, that AI scripting is pretty, it's pretty linear. Like, it's like, okay, he goes here, he turns right, he pauses there, he goes around this thing, he goes back and he starts it over again. And for some of the enemies, they were, it was just like that. I mean, in some of the enemies in the game, it was very point A, point B, point A, point B, okay, I just need to find my window. Yeah, but then have- others, like... You'd have to sit there for a while, and, and maybe there wasn't even a specific pattern, but you kind of go like, he generally goes into the house now, and then he usually goes to the other end of the house, but then sometimes he comes back. But then, but okay, he'll probably go down there, and I thought that was cool. And one of the things that, hey, it's a success of the game, I think, more than a failing, is the fact that even if you could figure out kind of where where those patterns were... As soon as you're discovered, then kind of all bets are off. Because yeah, what was neat was it's not like... It's not like you've got your little Metal Gear radar in the corner where you're like, ah, where everything goes crazy, but you know as long as you take out those seven guys, you're fine. There were points in the game where, like, you know, if you got into battle, maybe... Because I don't... I very rarely intended to do it, but I'm kind of like, well, I'm here now. Like, this is what we're going to do. And, like, these things, they would just keep coming. And I'm just like, am I at a point where they're just going to endlessly respawn? And maybe that's the point of this. Like, I can't get out of it alive and I'll die. But, no, eventually you would find a way out, whether it was... Mm -hmm. And it was funny, too, because for as much as that prompt would show up early on in the game of, like, hey, L2, remember? This is run. Sometimes you just need to run and then Mm -hmm. then come back later. I would rarely do that. Like, I, because I would just be like, no, I just have to... 
if I go around here, I can get this guy and then this guy. But every now and again, I'd be like, no, like I just need to because then you just hate to run away because yeah. it would feel. I don't know. Something about the running away made it feel more video gamey to me because it's just like, no, get out of this room and then wait long enough and everyone will forget what just happened. Like that's like. I felt like, no, being forced to live with the fact that I stepped on a stick and now everybody's trying to kill me, like, was more like what this situation would be like. I don't know. But, yeah, it's... it's and, that, and that kind of... Okay, we're talking about, like, combat mechanics now. Like, I, I think it's it's fair to kind of set aside a little bit of time uh, just to say, like, what, what the things were that we didn't like about the game or that we had problems with. Because there were some problems. So just, like, one thing that bugged me about the game was the fact that certain enemy types, like the in certain infected had like no AI at all where it's and I, I try to remember the terminology for some of them so it's not the clickers and it's not the runners but they're the people who are kind of just standing there holding their heads like they're going crazy I, mean, I don't know that they, they were, I think they were just humans who had just they just were, caught in it like but they, they were, were like pointless enemies like I think about the one particular level where you're I think they were just there just if you alerted them they alerted all the others but the thing that frustrated me was like I I felt like I would have to work to alert them like there was a room one time on the second floor of a hotel where there's this like circle of like six or eight of them and to look at it from the outside you're like oh my god I literally crouched and just walked up to everyone choked them out making all this noise and then they drop to the ground and everybody else is still standing there I'm like okay on to number two and I could take out a whole room that way and it's like it frustrated me because so much of the rest of the game was about like no like if I'm coming up behind somebody like I get that moment where my heart starts to pound a little bit harder because I know that if he just does like a quick turn which a lot of the enemies would do like, oh crap, I'm right there. And then he's just going to, like, bite me or rip my face off or shoot me or tell everybody else to come kill me. But, like, so it's, like, some... It just felt so, like, gamey to me. That and the fact that, like, you know, Mike mentioned that you, you would usually know if you're walking around and all of a sudden you just started to crouch for no reason. You're like, uh-oh, baddies are coming. <laughs> the other thing for me was, like, when all of a sudden bricks started showing up all over the place. Like, yeah, I'd be like, wandering oh, through a building and there's winners. bricks and bottles everywhere, like... Wait, what? Oh, okay. I have Gotta to be fight clickers. now. Yeah, exactly. Be clickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, that's, I guess it's fine. It's These are minor complaints. That's the thing is, it's like, I'm not going to take any of these as a reason to kind of like, say like, this was dumb and this was bad. But like, I think it's the better everything else gets, the more it stands out to me when there's mm-hmm. those little things that are kind mm-hmm. of just like, that, and the other thing was, um, the gas mask components of it, where a lot of that, I felt like I couldn't see anything that was going on. Like, at all. Like, the very first yeah. time you put your gas mask on and you're kind of going in and you see the guy, she's like, oh my god, what is that? And he's like, oh, he's infected. He's been infected for a long time. And he's, like, adhered to the wall with all the fungus. It's really gross. Yeah, and there's spores everywhere. I mean, and there's, like, one guy eating somebody on the ground. There's a clicker running around. And I'm like, oh, man, this is nuts. I can't see. But then, like, there's, like, subway missions and stuff where I'm Extended like, I can't sections. see anything. Like, and then, like, all of a sudden, I'm, like, walking, and I'm, like, oh, no, I'm swimming now, because I just, like, I'm in the water, and then I, like, go underwater and be, like, oh, now I can at least see everything. And then I go, by, and I'm, like, I can't see anything, because I felt like those were supposed to be, like, cool moments where, like, Ellie was doing neat stuff, and but I'm, like, I can't see any of this. I don't know what's going Maybe you'd see a little flashlight, like, kind of bouncing around, like, oh, that's probably her. Okay, there she's. She's knocking down a yeah. ladder for me or something. Because like she's that. immune, so she, I was like, yeah, it was times like that where I was like, gosh, I wish I could play as Ellie. That way I just don't have to deal with this crap. Because she's <laughs> immune, so she could just walk through the spores and be like, ha ha. 
I mean, was, so that, like I said, it's not game-breaking stuff, but I mean, was there anything else in the game that stood out to the, that about you? Because again, I, yeah. not a perfect game, so like, I feel like it's good to say like there were some things that bugged yeah. me about it. Um, one of the things that bugged me was like the whole idea of it is like you talked about when the guy when uh, he smacks the toy out of Sam's hand and says, "No, only we can carry." Joel manages to fit a freaking arsenal in that backpack. And it almost got to the point where I was like, there are just too many... Like, I'm never one to say there are too many guns in a game. Like, I love Borderlands because you can get 11 bazillion guns. Okay, but that game is built to be ridiculous. In this game, I was like, when you finally get to the... I think the last gun... Or no, not the last gun. Like, the next last gun you pick up is a flamethrower. I think at that point in time, I was just like, this is just getting ridiculous. And when you have like four different or five different pistols, one of which is basically a shotgun, which I was like, well, I already have a shotgun, so why do I need a shotgun that's actually a pistol? And then you got the El Diablo, which was the coolest gun with the name itself, but it had like one bullet to it, and yes, you shot anything, it pretty much killed it. But I was, I was just like, why do I need all these guns? Not to mention, whenever you found ammo, it would always be for the guns that you don't use that you're full on ammo, but not for the guns you use a lot that you don't have any ammo for. In the end, I felt like they could have just simplified it and just yeah. done a couple of guns for each section. And, it does, you know, and at least, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I noticed that as you unlock the additional holsters, then those weapons start actually showing up on the character model. So if you oh, unlock yeah. all the holsters, then you really look ridiculous. It's like well, that old drawing of unlock. Link where he actually has all of his Zelda items on his back. Right. <laughs> he looks like Santa Claus. <laughs> He's just got yeah. so much stuff. Because like you said, you're just, you're just this like walking well, trash lady. And it's especially <laughs> after you get the flamethrower. Like I think at one point in time I had like the flamethrower and like the assault rifle on one side, and then I had like the Diablo and then like the shotgun pistol on like my other side. So I mean Especially once you get that flamethrower on your back, like you're like, really? Could you stick that in a holster? I mean, <laughs> you're like, you wouldn't be very quiet walking around with that thing. You know, yeah. at first in the game, I thought when I was coming across new guns, I'd have to drop an old gun. Yeah, which would make sense. When right? I saw the like, holsters thing, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'll want to upgrade these holsters because then I can then carry I can have more guns. Weapons, yeah. I can carry more guns, and that'll be helpful. Because this is such a game about like scrounging for other stuff. And uh, when I figured out that wasn't true, I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I mean, I'm going to take all these guns. I'm not going to handicap myself to feel more realistic. But Yeah, well, not um, to mention, that's I That's what I thought, because it would always come yeah. up with, sw- the options would be pick up and swap. And I thought, like, oh, okay, I swap it. I drop whatever I'm holding, and I pick that up. I thought, that at first, Wait. that's what that meant. I was like, oh, well, maybe I like this gun. You know, and eventually there was a part where like the first gun you get, I was like, well, well, I'll get rid of that. It was my thing. It's like, that gun sucks. Oh, it's and I was like, oh, no, I just kept it. Oh, okay. You just might have So I, I kind of thought that would have been cool, actually, if they made you, like, pick, like, no. Yeah. You want to carry this gun around? Great. Right, it's a good gun, but it doesn't carry a lot of ammo. Are you sure this is the gun you want? Because you're right. going to drop a gun that carries more I mean, ammo. Even the bazillion guns game, Borderlands, makes you do that eventually. I mean, you don't yeah. have an unlimited number of guns you can carry. Right. I mean, well, that's like, you know, I, I like the idea where whenever <laughs> you stop to switch guns or do anything, you know, you had to put your backpack down and open it. You mm-hmm. know, and I thought, like, especially if that's in the middle of combat, like, it's really kind of like, oh, geez. But I was just kind of sitting there thinking, I really felt like they should have gave you a finite amount. Because, yeah, I, I can just imagine, like, Joel in the middle of a firefight. He's like, oh, hold on. And he's, like, sifting through his backpack of, like, weapons. Like, which, and, uh, which, which gun do I want? Where did I put that flamethrower? Like, he's pulling, like, a Mary Poppins. He's, like, got, like, his head and his shoulders down in this thing, <laughs> digging around. Uh, uh, yeah, that was, like, that just, I mean, it's not a big deal, but it was just kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know. It was just a little thing that just... You know, and I will say, thinking back on it, too, I never once deployed that flamethrower. 
I don't know what the flamethrower looks like. I, I used, used it, it just I because I wanted to. Right yeah. when I got it, I used it when I got it, and then I realized it's a terrible. Well, weapon. I beat the game, and I'm like, yeah. I never use that it's thing because it weapon. just se- yeah, and it seemed like it would be because like, they have to be so close. It's to the you. opposite of what everything has trained you is the way yeah. you play this. The game. only time that I used it where it came in handy was I was walking down a really narrow corridor where it's pretty much just one person could walk, and I had like four infected running down at me. So you just whip that out and just hold down the trigger, and they all die. Like, that was the only time where I found any use out of that oh, flame. It's really not a good weapon. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> well, and then during the last level, you get an assault rifle, which I kind of felt, okay, well, now I have an assault rifle that all these other guys I'm killing drop assault rifle ammo, so why do I need all these other guns? Like, really, what's going to be the game, man, an assault, assault rifle? But that's what I'm just what I'm saying. Is you like, beat it with Diablo. Diablo. Yeah, well, I mean, I just, yeah, I felt like they went a little crazy with the weapons. <laughs> I really feel like it would have been better if maybe they let you, like, if you built more holsters, yes, you could carry more guns. So they let you carry, like, two large guns and two pistols, and that yeah. was it. And then maybe part of the crafting system could let you improve your guns that way. So your guns could get better, you know, like oh, like I can craft right. a scope on this gun, or oh, and, I may, can and maybe craft that a silencer, would, and on that this would gun. be your like your gamey way of being able to do like weapon switch out, like right. instead of having access all the time. It's the weird like you know, Resident Evil, you know, typewriter tape thing. It's like yeah, it's suddenly yeah. like somehow all of my items are moving through this world without me. But but I mean. Yeah, so I mean, maybe I guess it's more realistic than that the way it happened, but it is a little silly. Yeah, yeah. In Except a game that is that in a game that is decidedly not silly. When you right. look at those guns and like that flamethrower, you're like, "There's no way he felt that inside that, bas- that right. backpack." There's no way. I mean, it's just no. it's not gonna happen. His Mary Poppins bag. But so. and not to mention, it's like, well, why don't you give some of these to Ellie? You know, it's well, like, hey, keeps, well, actually, she keeps asking. Well, yeah. she, he does eventually give eventually, her a pistol. That's like it, Ellie almost kind of levels up. Like I said in the review, you know, she gets new like abilities. Well, well why don't eventually? Why didn't he hand her like the El Diablo and be like, here, kill some stuff with this? She couldn't like, handle an El Diablo. I'm just saying, you don't have room for it in your hey, backpack. She, she did pretty well with the sniper rifle. Yeah, she did. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Give her credit; she's a good sniper. <laughs> so, well, I, um, you know, well, I feel I like we should kind of start. But did Derek say what I did? Oh, never mind. Okay, sorry. Um, the bow, the bow and arrow. Terrible weapon, just useless. But I, I thought that was the point of it. Is it was supposed? If it was really easy to use, I feel like you would just dominate. It wasn't even it was not easy to, to use. I used it. Game, it wasn't even good sneaking. I'd shoot people with it sneaking, and they would just be like, "Err." Well, you had to shoot them in the head. I know. Yeah. I would hit them in the head. It wouldn't matter. Terrible weapon. Really? See, I, and I, I loved I, using it against the clickers. It was great. Yeah, that, that's where kill. I used it, and it's silent. That was the thing for me yeah. too. Because with clickers, you got to be silent, and that was. But one thing that was super frustrating to me was it was really inconsistent about whether or not you could recoll- recollect that ammo. Because that's I had just finished playing Tomb but Raider, which had an like excellent bow and arrow. If it broke, it. you know, like if it broke. When yeah, you yeah. And so that that for me is always the advantage of that weapon. But yeah, I think it was. It was, and there's just something silly about that. Like, <laughs> like, that was the whole you thing. Huge arrow sticking out of your with the game is you kind of got this idea at the beginning, like, oh, you got to be really careful with your ammo, and that was even kind of how they made it out in a lot of the trailers. Yeah, like, oh, the if you run out, I never had a problem with ammo because if you run out of ammo in a gun, you got like nine other ones to choose from that are all fully loaded because you've been picking up ammo the whole time for them. You know, that's like I said, like sometimes you ran into certain guns you used a lot that you would run out of ammo and you wouldn't be able to find any. But worse comes to worse, you have all these other guns that they may not be your favorites, but you can still use them, use and, they, them. and they're like loaded, you know? It's like, And it's funny because I think that was the first time I really kind of realized that was when I made the switch to Ellie, where suddenly you have like maybe two things. You yeah. got like your knife. Sometimes just your knife, actually. Sometimes you don't oh, have any. Her weapons. knife was amazing. And yeah, yeah. Why does she get to have a reusable she shiv, but I have one that breaks every one or two times yeah, I use it? Yeah. 
Which, because yeah, I love that weapon. I would have been happy to just killer. melee my way through the whole game. Oh, but. yeah, what a shit. I, I shipped my way through that game. I, no, no, I love, love taking I, the melee weapons where you upgrade them to have oh, a shit on the end where it's like an instant oh, no. kill. The best was once you got the axe, though. Yeah. yeah. The axe murdered everything. I would always try and carry an axe if I could. But then, yeah, I, I never wasn't at full shivs. If I ever used oh, a yeah. shiv, that, was, I that gets crafted before right away. Shivs with the top. Also, you could use them to open doors and stuff like that. Like, shivs were like the multi tool. It was kind of weird, but why do these always now. break? Swiss Army shiv. shiv. Swiss shiving is awesome. But that, I, I mean, you know, because you could see him picking up, like, scissors to make the shiv. I'm like, well, scissor blades are pretty tough, you know? It's like, <laughs> one thing they just break, Okay, you know? so, well, I can't think we can reference that versus clicker necks. We don't really know how tough those are. Well, right. okay, and what this... about when you're killing a human? You know, it's a stab, done, you know? Hey, look, I still got my shiv. People in prison use it multiple times. Yeah. Don't have to replace them every That's five true. minutes. Well, they're more skilled at shift making than Joel. And they stab those people like twenty times. No one found an old toothbrush and had to whittle it down in the game. Oh, so that's okay. All right. So did you did you get your thing? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Because I, you know, I think the big thing we did want to talk about was you know with kind of that last level, which I mean, I guess we should do a little bit of build up to it. I mean, you know, the whole storyline is the fact that Ellie is immune to the the fungus. And so the whole idea is that Joel is going to smuggle her to the the Fireflies, which are these you know rebel kind of people, um, their headquarters, so they can create uh, you know a cure to this and basically you know win back the world for humans. Um, so in the end, you know Joel finally kind of completes his mission and turns Ellie over to the Fireflies. But the only problem is that he finds out that in order for them to harvest this cure from Ellie, it's, they actually have to take it out of her brain, which means they actually have to take her brain. Which of course she's not going to survive, um, and it, it really kind of leads to this point where you know I think this is where you really kind of see Joel like how his thing is with Ellie and everything that happened with his daughters because basically he decides that he does not want to go through that again, and he decides that he's not going to let them harvest Ellie's brain. So you go on a rampage and and kill everybody and, and take which, her back. Which is important to note that she understands this. But yeah. see, I don't know that she does. I don't know that she has the agency to know that her life is going to end. Because, and I thought a lot about that because I think that it, that has an important influence on the ending the, the way that it did. Um, but because you know earlier in the game, she you know she starts expressing some concern about like what do you think is going to happen? Like how is this going to work? And he's like, I don't know. They're probably just going to take some blood or something. It's no big deal. You're going to be fine. So. Um, it's not like she's overly worried about it, but it does come up a couple times uh, in the I, game. And I get the I, impression that by the end, she's figured out that this is this could be. Well, a yeah, she makes well, it pretty clear in the end that I mean, she, from what she says, it makes it sound like she's she's okay with that because you know she tells the whole story about you know her, when she got infected and she was with a friend of hers, right. and um, which was interesting. I heard that they actually added this in later. Originally, the story was that she didn't have anybody with her when she got infected they added in that part later which i thought was really great that she had this friend who ended up you know turning becoming infected and you know uh i don't know whether they said she got killed or something i can't remember but either way she got infected so and then she didn't and in a way there's almost like kind of a, a guilt that she has the fact that she made it her She's, friend didn't yeah survivor's guilt yeah so i think she is willing to give that up because of the fact that it could prevent you know that from happening you even look like what happened with sam you know you know, by her, you know, being the cure, she would prevent that from ever happening to anybody to somebody else. else. Somebody yeah. to have to kill their loved one because they got infected. All these things that have happened, she could 
end all of that. And I think this is kind of one of those moments where you do see like she is a lot more adult kind of than she seems. Because well, because yeah, she's, cause she's through. gone through the progression of the whole game. And this is even more so, yeah, yeah, than beyond all that. All that stuff that they've gone through the, uh, throughout the entire you know thing, it, it, you know, it kind of makes it all worth it. I mean, but that's kind of the thing I, I think that really kind of makes Joel that interesting character because what he does here is just so kind of it, it's hard. Like part of you, you know, wants to root for Joel because you're going to save Ellie, but then when you really stop to see the repercussions of what he does, like you know, he storms to his hospital, he kills all these people who are basically trying to end this plague. Yeah, sure, this girl's going to die, but it's kind of that whole idea of you know, for the good of the many. You know, if you right. sacrifice one for it. Not only that, but when you go into the room to save her, there's this, you know, the brain surgeon guy who could be the last freaking brain surgeon on the planet, and you just put a bullet in his head. Right? Okay, now, and, and, and we have to pause on this, because yeah, I want to know what you guys did in this room. Oh, I shot him in the face. Oh, I shot him right away. But what did you do with the other doctors? I let him. I oh, let him I didn't kill them. Oh, I didn't either. That's very unusual. Everybody else I've talked to killed everybody in that room. And no, we did. It was see, great I've, that I've I did, because they just sit there they and They just sat there and cowered. Yeah, and yeah. they comment, like, oh my god, what just happened? Like, what? how could you do this? I've also heard there's somebody who shot the doctor in the leg and he goes down and then you can take Ellie like you never actually kill him hmm. so I was like oh well oops. I shot that <laughs> he's a threat right he had face. a he, he pulled a weapon on right me I was face. like he took my my girl I, I freaking gunned him down yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, that, but that's the whole thing is like oh so I guess obviously that was more me than Joel so I can't really put that on him but either way <laughs> it's like you severely wound at least this you know brain surgeon you know possibly the last one on the planet and you take her and you basically doomed mankind to continue with this plague as far as you can tell yeah sure maybe other people will come up who are immune maybe something else will happen that'll get rid of all these but as far as you can tell you've pretty much just doomed the entire planet to continue with the lifestyle that they have and then that's the whole thing is you have this final scene where it's it's joel and ellie walking at the very end and they and it's kind of interesting because you feel almost like the the game is like you feel like that was the ending and then it kind of keeps going you're like huh but I think the conversation that they have, even though it seems so anticlimactic, is just when you really look at the like the hidden meanings behind it all, is just huge. I mean, because I think you know she kind of asks him about what happened, and that's when you almost have a flash, or you have a flashback where you see him kill Marlene. Because originally you don't really know what he does. I mean, he just, I mean, the scene where he just walks up, puts a gun to her head, and pulls a trigger, and that's when you just are really kind of seeing Joel just. Right, because it's, he not, does even, these it's things not even the thing where it's like, you know, you have to get out of my way, so you're out of my way now. No, it's that, and there's no way you're coming after me after right. this. Like, yeah. this is done. And you're not controlling that. You're not the one. It's right, not like right, they right. put you in. It's like you have to sit and watch. I mean, I almost think it would be even bigger if they, like, made you do it. But, like uh, like Morton. Morton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. uh, but um, making me pull this button, and uh, and then I think it's huge. You know, Ellie basically confronts Joel and kind of asks him if, because he gives her a lie about that there are other kids, it wasn't going to work, and, other people. and she kind of confronts him and, and asks him if if what he said is really the truth. And you know, a lot of people have kind of debated this. And my opinion, your guys might be different, but I think she, when Joel says that yes, that's the truth, I think she knows that he's lying. But I think she accepts it because of why he does it. I think because she she wanted the relationship with him that she finally has, like that kind of father daughter relationship that he was so hesitant about, and now he literally you know was willing to sacrifice the world for her. Like that is a you know that is something only a father would do for a daughter. You know when you think about it, and the fact that he was willing to do that and that he has that kind of relationship with her now, 
I think that was enough for her. And, you know, so she was fine with it. You know, she allowed him to lie to her. Yeah. So what what does our father think about that? Yeah. No, I mean, because, so, I, because I, I had read an interview with the directors and the writers of the game, and they said, people not happy about the end of this game. A lot of people not happy about this. But consistently, every time we play tested with people who were parents, they were fine with the way this game ended. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and... Um, uh, well, a couple things with the ending. First off, I think this is the most intriguing part with the character of Marlene because she's the leader of the Fireflies, but she's known this child since this child was like born. You know, she's been around this. This is she a knew kid. Her mom. This she's is a kid that she knows who she's willing to sacrifice, which is really interesting that she takes it different. Like she's willing to try. She's willing to sacrifice someone very personal and close to her to try and save everyone. So that's like the kind of opposite of Joel. And right? that's made explicit too. Like she says she that to his face like it. how dare you try to behave this way. Look what I've been through. Right. Look what I'm yeah, sacrificing. Exactly. Which I think is great. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. And I also think this is a real side note of that but this is right before the part where they reach the end they get to the, they kind of get to the hospital where this is all going down. There's this really kind of beautiful moment where um, they come across this herd of giraffes Oh, oh, we yeah, have to yeah, talk yeah. about the giraffes. And I want to talk about that too. Yes, thank you. Because we didn't miss that. this is this kind of like serene and beautiful, but probably the most beautiful moment in the game where they just come across these giraffes and it's this whole like life is continuing, you know, things can survive. Things, you know, it gives you a lot of these things. It was an interesting moment for me in the game too because I'm just kind of watching it happen going, okay, because you could just leave. Right. You don't have to watch it. And I'm kind of watching going, I wonder if something will happen. And then I'm kind of like, I'm just going to watch this. I was going to watch this. And then they kind of wander off. and Eventually they make their way of, off the eventually screen. Eventually they wake their way off the screen. And it wasn't until then that I left. I was like, I was like I, in that moment, I wanted like these characters to like get to experience this as long as they could. Like, I want this for them. Yeah, like they deserve <laughs> this, you know? Like, so that it's was so really... So <laughs> it was another one of those like put the nasty stuff right on top of the beautiful stuff just to, just to contrast them so sharply mm-hmm. with each other. And, that, and I think that the, the, the coldness of Marlene is the, was the contrast of that. And then you murdering a whole, you know, <laughs> hospital, hospital full of people. Soldiers and, and doctors, doctors and civilians. And stuff. So I, think, I love that, that they did that so often but in so many different ways in this game. So I like that in the end. It was really interesting too. Um, I ran across an audio log that gave me the impression, although I don't think it explicitly said it, that they've tried synthesizing a cure before. Whether it's from someone who was like Ellie, who was resistant or not, wasn't clear. But it sounded to me like they've sacrificed kids in the past, mm-hmm. which is pretty messed up. So that gave me the impression that maybe this wouldn't work. You know, which, you know, at, thinking of the character as Joel, as you hear that, you go, immediately what you think is, this can't work. Right, I'm not right, going right. to bother, right? So that well, gave me that, that gave me some freedom to be like, all right, well, they def- I'm definitely not letting this happen. Right? And that totally changes the ending, yeah, because if you put in that kind of chance of doubt, which, I mean, there was always kind of a, 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 a chance of doubt to it, but when they really kind of said, okay, we've tried this a couple times before and none of it has worked, but I think it also kind of makes you measure it, okay, well, even if there was literally just a 5% chance that it was going to work, that worth it? is that 5% mm-hmm. chance worth saving the entire world? Yeah. You know? and, and I think the answer is if you look at this child as your daughter, no, it's not. It's right. not to you. Like, no, yeah. this, this ending makes complete sense to me. Uh, you know, like, you, there's not a lot you wouldn't stop to to protect your own child. I think there's, there's you know, a limitless amount of evidence in history to show that that's... This, this is how things work, and that that this is how he viewed her 
was as his child. And, mm-hmm. and I think one of the great ways they illustrated that was there was a point when his daughter was dying in his arms and he just said, he kept saying like, no, baby girl, baby girl, don't leave me. And he kept calling her that. He calls Ellie that later in the game. Yeah. He calls her when baby he girl. he rescues her from the hospital, when he picks her up, you know, after you yeah gun and, down uh, or whatever the yeah. brain surgery. oh my god when he, he picks her up he's like i got you baby girl and when, then when he says that i mean i think it's funny because you never hear him say you hear him say it in the very beginning of the game and you hear him say it at the very right end, the end but yet and you know i i'm pretty sure i talked to you guys and, and you didn't miss it and i didn't miss it and it was just so amazing there's so much time and so much that happened in between that but when he says that it just automatically keys in and oh, like wow. that that hit me right there i was like oh oh man like oh but I think it was because the death of his daughter was such like a scene that just sticks with sticks you. Sticks with you. That I think you remember that because of that, mm-hmm. and that's why it made that that then when so, he said it again. So, so. You, you know that's how this is. So to, to me, the ending, I was like, no, I get it totally. You know, he can he has the chance to save her. He's gonna take it. He's going to take his mm-hmm. because he even has a sanctuary to take her to where his brother is. They have power. They have safety. They have. Yeah, people. it's not like oh, we're just gonna keep trying to survive. Right. It's like, like no, they can go they live. Can go a to life. A, a he place. can take her somewhere where there are other kids, where there are families, where they can potentially be happy. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's that too. That's that's that thing of hope that they actually left behind for a time, which was impressive. I was surprised that he wasn't just like maybe we should just stay here. You know, yeah. like like they moved on from that. You know, when they were there earlier in the game. And um, I, I have to say I disagree with you about her believing him. I think she trusts him to the point where I understand she had questions because everything was foggy from where she was at. But when he says it to her, I got the impression that she was like, because oh, she just looks at him and just says, okay. And, and like that response to me is something I would say to someone who I trust to say, if, I, if I'm in a moment where I'm not trusting something and I say, listen, I want you to be straight with me. And they say something to me, I would just say, okay, you're someone who I trust and care about. I'm going to believe you. Mm-hmm. I'm just I believe you but then another thing I wrote a note on this that I thought was really interesting in the depth they put in these characters was you know when she's what she's trying to do basically is I think she's trying to deal with that survivor's guilt we talked about and she didn't know how to do it and I think that's why she was willing to sacrifice herself is she's like she didn't feel like she deserved to get to live so she there was part of her that wanted to die giving herself up because like that's fair you know and as he's talking to her explaining kind of how you go move on, how you just move forward, he stops and, and he fiddles Joel with his watch. Which, if you remember from the beginning of the game also, yeah. his daughter gave him on the night that she died. One, well, and, and it broke in when he was... I think it was during the attack from the soldier where his daughter died is when the watch broke. Did it? Okay. And then he just Yeah, never, when he like rolled down the hill. And, and he um, just never takes it off. Yeah, and I just love that. that those kind of little things. You know, like that's him like... Rem- you know, thinking about dealing with it himself, and so he like can't help but do that. And I just thought that that was spectacular, even right there at the end of the game. But I thought the ending was—I have no problem with the ending. Yeah. Absolutely not. I thought it was when I look at it, and maybe, and again, maybe that's different as a father. But as I looked at it, I was like, nope. I'd like to think that that's what I would do—is whatever it took to protect my family. But it, it's know? interesting though when you look at the whole game and you look at what happened. Like you know, Tess was one of the few people he really kind of trusted. Obviously, they had some kind of relationship. She died in order to make sure that Ellie got to the Fireflies in order to make the cure. You saw what happened between Sam and Henry. Like you know, you know all this stuff that happened. Her death would have made all that not be in vain. It would have saved all that. It would have made uh, it to where nothing like that well, Sam and Henry no, would have done. No, that doesn't matter. There was a chance. Yeah, he maybe. can't make... Yeah, well, no, yes, you won't but make I'm your, just saying is like... That's, see, he wouldn't do that. You're not going to make your child responsible for those deaths because she's not. Well, no, no. And I'm just saying it's... not responsible for those deaths. No, neither is she responsible to fix it. Well, no, I'm just saying it's interesting how they build it up to where they have all this stuff happen to where... 
it kind of would, you know, it does make it where everything that happened in this game, everything that happened in this story, was building up to the point where she's supposed to be the cure, mm-hmm. and then he's completely just like, no, let's just screw this whole story, I'm going to make up my own. I, that's all I'm saying, is it's just kind of interesting how it totally goes against everything that this mm-hmm. story kind of builds yeah, up to. Right, you're building towards a goal that he t- trashes. Yeah. That all these people are dying and sacrificing and doing all these things, you know, to get her to this hospital so that she can, you know, be the cure. And, you know, you even fight across the entire country of the United States. And back again, basically. Yeah, just basically to, you know, when you could have just been like, eh, you know, you could have just stopped and not done it and saved yourself all the trouble, you know? Right. That's just kind of the interesting thing to me is like it gets all that way and it's it's all almost for nothing. Well, and it's the it's the whole thing about like, you know, ostensibly the mission of the game is, you know, get this girl from point A to point B safely. And Joel's mission by the end of the game is no, it, it's keep this girl safe. It, right. His mission is not the mission of the game by the end of the game. And so it's yeah, I mean that 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 final scene, there's so much stuff going on in it. It's so great. Like um I, I I personally side with Mike. I think that she knows that he's lying just based on body language and his hesitancy and stuff like that. But again, I, lo- I love that it's open. And I love that the game has the the guts to end on a little girl going, okay, okay. fade to black, done. Yeah. End of the game. Last of Us. Yeah, you're the last because you decided that's what's going to happen. How awesome is that? But then the other thing, too, that like really stood out about it is, you know, like what tra- the transition right before that final scene is kind of you doing this weird drive down the road of you trying to convince her no 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 like that it wasn't what we thought there's uh, they found other people and it, it, it wasn't you know it wasn't you're fine you're with me and they're going to take care of it we're all going to be fine oh, and you're, you're out of it she's out of it and then now you're sort of in the final playable scene where once again you get to play as Ellie and like in that final scene the the roles of the two are like completely reversed and, like number 1 you're playing as her instead of playing with him like you do in most of the game so that's one thing that's different number 2 he's running ahead of you like which he's not a running guy unless like you're fleeing from something but it's like it's like excitement cuz you're in this springtime scene where there's flowers everywhere and there's butterflies and there's little woodland creatures running around like it's not you know snow white or cinderella but it's as close to that as you're going to get in this game. Mm. And, um, you know, the little babbling brook running by. And he's excited and he's talking nonstop the way that she would. Where he's just like, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to go there and it's going to be great because there's going to be people there. And this is exactly what Sarah would have said. Like, you know, you're just about her age. I think you and Sarah would have been really good. For- this is this character he couldn't bear to look at a picture of mm-hmm. throughout most of the game. Don't talk about her. And the first time it comes up, he's like, you know, you are on super thin ice with this young lady. Like, the first time she mentions Sarah, he's just like, no, this no. is a line we are mm-hmm. not going to cross. And where he's just like, oh, Sarah would have loved this. Like, oh, you two would have been best of friends. And he's like giddy and running through the fields like ahead of her. Like, just the fact that everything leading up to that was that was just that moment was so different because in his mind he's now made this commitment and there's really no going back on it and so it's like all right now we live with this and it's like he's got to believe that at some point she's going to want to know what hey remember that thing we just did for an entire year and a half why didn't we ever finish that? Like, I mean, it's that's gonna come up, like you know. Mm. But what and from, when, a, but, when a cure and doesn't whether it's, show up, right? Whether it's from trust or whether it's from a lack of other options. I mean, 
this is this is the world we're in now. You know, this is whether it's because this is because they're going to work on a cure because you did this to us. Like, it's the way it's going to be now. And and like Jared said, like I I trust you implicitly now. So whether or not I believe you has nothing to do with whether or not I trust you. So like, here we go. And it's like it's like such a like bizarre because I I don't for a minute like buy into the argument that some people have made. That, I knew this is how it was going to end all along. This was the only way this game could have ended. No, I don't. No. I don't buy that. Yeah, at, at the I same don't think time, anybody it, saw it coming to where you're basically going to like betray everything that you've strived this entire game for and kill like a bunch of people, you know, like basically in cold blood, and then just take off. Right, because it's not. I mean, at the same. I mean, of course, it's not going to end with you know rock guitar solos and a, a montage of everyone in the world getting vaccinations and <laughs> going back to work and getting new cars like i mean that was never going to be the way it ended i mean i personally i'm pretty surprised that joel made it to the end of the game i seemed like kind of a gimme that i would die by the end of the game because i'm kind of used now to playing games where you get committed to somebody and at the end whether through sacrifice or tragic circumstances like you're you're done. And that's fine, because it's the end. So, yeah. why do you care? I don't want to see a Last of Us 2, and I hope they don't make a Last of Us 2. Oh, but, like, I, I mean, no, that would have been, like, DLC. Yeah, yeah, it's that whole thing of, like, I, I'm willing to do anything to protect this girl. Mm -hmm. What's the most I could ever do? It's lay down my own life. It's the Dark Knight Rises ending of the... Right. You know, and that would have seemed... Yeah, it wouldn't have seemed... I don't think it would have seemed cheesy or, or wrong. It would very reasonable. Like, no, I think... I thought would, he was dead for part of the game anyway, so, it, like... I think everybody would... That would have been, I think, an, an ending that more... I would yeah, believe... Yeah, like, yeah, I kind saw of felt that like coming. that was coming. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because just the the tone of the game, you kind of figure somebody's going to die. Right. Not to mention a lot of people a do A lot die. of people die. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, just of the main characters, you kind of assume that either Joel or Ellie is going to die. And really, you know, that's what I kind of figured that... I mean, when especially when you get to that last level I kind of figured Ellie was going to die you know just because it seems very reasonable that that yeah. could happen I mean yeah like I kind of feel like Joel wasn't going to make it and you know or something was going to happen to where she was going to end up still being like killed or something so uh, I even thought like he was going to drag her out of the hospital and then they were almost going to have it where it's like basically the scene with his daughter would happen again where he she would get shot and he would just sit there with her dying in his arms again right so oh that um, would have been a nice little parallel wouldn't it yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, it would have been like literally like as yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just like oh, he would say, and he would say that like don't go, baby time. girl, and then we just and boom, boom and boom. and you just be like oh my god, how could you end it? Like? <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, so I mean, I I definitely thought it was it was great. The ending just leaves you just. I think the ending just of all those big kind of gut wrenching scenes. Just when it ended, I part of me was just kind of like. Is, is that it? Like, it just ends right there? But then as, like, everything that they just said just sets in, you just you just sit there and just kind of have to think about, like, what you just witnessed as the credits roll, and you're just, I don't even know what to do. Right, because it's not like... You, there, you, there was no agency in that for, as, a, as a the player. Like, it's not like you... Because that... How weird would that have been? Like, you get to the end of the game and it forks. Let her die, let her live. Like, that would have just been weird, because no, the game yeah. doesn't the work that so way. Linear. It's not Mass terrible. Effect. Like no. it's, so that would have been... Yeah, so did you get the good ending, or did you get the bad ending? No, you got the ending the that ending. they worked for 20 hours mm -hmm. to create to make exactly well, what they want. Supposedly, there's some kind of screenshot they released that there's, like, an alternate ending or something that shows, like, Joel being tortured. I don't know. I kind of wanted to look it up to see, like, what... There, it was the original ending they had planned. The ending that it has is not... The original. Well, ending. I heard the original ending play tested terribly, 
Yeah. But I never heard what the original ending was. Oh, oh, God, that's right. I heard about this. Uh, I, I heard it in an interview. I don't remember what it was either. But yeah, it was exact, It was something that was a little bit more trite and a little bit more yeah. typical. And it just kind of, yeah. I, I think one thing that was interesting to me, though, at the about the ending was, and I don't know if I did this for me or what, but... I kind of convinced myself, maybe that it just that this just wasn't going to cure the world. That she well, wasn't you were gonna, like pulling like Joel. You were I trying think, to convince yourself. That I think I had to. Con- I don't know if I just like. I think I just convinced myself of that. Playing it like this was this isn't going to work. It's yeah. not going to work. This is a waste. Right. And I like. It's just like I just. I. I. To- I don't know if I'm just was just telling myself that or justifying what was supposed to be done. How crazy is that that I'm saying this? Like this right. is just a game, but like. Maybe it wasn't yeah. just a game, you know. Well, like, I mean, maybe just, it wasn't. But like, I, mean, I convinced myself when I was playing this game, I was convinced by the end, like this wasn't going to work anyway. Like the, almost that he he didn't feel like he was lying to her when she asked, in a mm. way, because he felt like it wasn't going to work. So he left out the, the details of killing all those people because he didn't want her to feel the guilt of that. But that he really felt like it wasn't going to work. So that's why it was like, no, we, you know, we this is what had to happen, you know, or whatever he said to her. You know, I felt like you know he knew he was lying to her in an aspect, but part of him was like thinking like, no, all all, we're, all I'm doing is protecting you from the pain of knowing these bad things happened because right. you had too much pain already, and this just wasn't going to work anyway. So maybe maybe his pause at the end is not hesitancy, so he can lie. It's more like, how am I going to explain this truth to you? And that's how he did it. Like, mm-hmm. no, this was the like this. It wasn't going to work. Like, yeah, the, it that was the work. impression yeah, I got. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, one other thing that I always found interesting too is the scene where he does he kills Marlene or whatever the head of the the fireflies. It's kind of interesting that they make that such a big deal, like that he kills her or whatever. But really, if you think about it, how many people did Joel kill in this game? Like he goes through an entire countrywide massacre, you know, he, he kills does. all these people, and then they make such a big deal about Although, him killing this one lady. I'll but tell you, they, that was a pretty cold-blooded one, though. Like, and I oh, think yeah. that's it. Wasn't it wasn't like people the, coming after him, like protect yeah. yourself from people fighting you this was just like i just this is just to protect me and this girl now i'm just gonna you know execution style basically just kill you no and i think it was it was very similar to the scene where he's torturing the guy when he's trying to figure out you know where ellie is you know both of those scenes are kind of like well joel's done like some pretty horrible things and obviously killed lots of people so why are they so big but i think it just shows you how well they did the game and capturing these moments Mm. And that they were able to make it so pivotal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's torturing this guy who's obviously this evil, sadistic cannibal dude. So, you know, but it just does seem so brutal and so kind of over the top. And yeah, sure, he's killed lots of people. But when he does kill Marlene, yeah, sure, she's like lying on the ground and it's an execution style. But it's also just the way that they created and the finality of like, this is him like saying like, no, you're not going to take Ellie. And it's like his final act of basically making sure she'll be safe is taking out her so that way they'll never come after yeah, her it's, it's kind of his his final obstacle and his final chance to sort of i don't know redeem it's that like decision. this is like, like a no turn back because she gives him kind of the option like yeah, you can stop now and this will be okay this will be yeah, and it's like this is my you know no turning back you know and i think that's cool how like even with all these other people you kill and stuff like that they still manage to make these scenes so kind of Mm-hmm. Still, really big, t- you know, emotional ones. So that's true. It was just really, really, really good game. We liked it. So, any parting thoughts, final words, or thoughts? I, I have one oh. that I think is just it's, it's really cool, and, and um, I, I mentioned this to Jared a couple days ago. I, I got to the end of the game, and I kind of realized as I was playing through the menus and stuff. I think because I didn't want it to be over, <laughs> I was like, like flipping around through it, and I'm like, wait. 
I was collecting money throughout this game, and I never used it for anything. Wait, um, so I'm playing through like the bonuses and the unlocks and stuff, and I was like, oh, there's like there's all this stuff I can look at, and it's like you can buy like in-game like items, like you can buy like a Jack and Daxter hoodie for Ellie, which I thought was kind of yeah, funny. And, stuff. and then um, I started looking through like the the galleries, the art galleries that are there, and I was like. That's cool, and I don't really like collect like art books from games. I have a couple, but um, there I, I went through and I purchased all of the the game art galleries to kind of look through them, and they're super impressive. So if anybody has gone through the game and and they're just kind of like me, didn't want to let it go, please make sure to go back and look through all the concept art galleries because they're they're really really gorgeous. And there's one picture in particular. It's it's a pencil sketch. There's a couple drawings that they have of Joel and Ellie, and they're the character models are a little off. They're not what they eventually ended mm -hmm. up looking like. There's a picture of the two of them sitting like at a little campfire and Ellie is who looks a little older than she does in the game. She's kind of she's kind of bent over laughing. Like she's got her eyes closed and she's kind of holding her ribs. And she's got her mouth wide open like she's just told one of her dumb jokes or something and she's like cracking up and then Joel who's kind of sitting with his little like can of baked beans or something is just sort of has his eyes closed and squinted and he's kind of got this like ridiculous grin on his face like he's kind of chuckling at what she said too and it's like I want this blown up as a poster in my it's 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 an amazing drawing. There's it it doesn't look just like the art in the game. It's it's like it's a little more whimsical. There's almost like a tiny 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 sort of Disney aspect of it in so much as to say that like there's because it's a drawing there's a cartooniness of it that almost lets you show emotion better than you can in real humans. Mm -hmm. That's why Pixar movies can make you cry because you can still emote with these things. So like my parting thought shot, whatever for this game is go into the menus, find that one drawing because it's, it's amazing. And well, I, it's I also want... interesting that everybody's happy in that. So it's very different from what the game and is. And maybe that's why it made an impression yeah, because maybe. it's, 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 there this, were those moments, it's this snapshot yeah. moment where like for that second, everything's kind of fun and okay. Well, um, I have one final kind of question is obviously there is going to be um, single player DLC coming out mm -hmm. as well as multiplayer. Um, so I guess the question would be is number one, or, or really is like what would you guys maybe like to see them do with the DLC? Like I know for me, like I've heard a couple of different things, like a lot of people have thought maybe they'll do stuff where they'll, because obviously they can't really expand on the story too much. I think that would be a bad idea to I do really it like takes place after. Really One thing don't. is people thought maybe they might do stuff where you play as, as different characters. Like mm -hmm. Joel's brother? Yeah, yeah. or, or a, a, as Bill or something like yeah. that where you can show, like, because, you know, he had that partner that hung himself or whatever, so you could kind of show that Did you find a note from his partner where yeah. his partner, yeah. like, hates Bill? Yeah. He's like, so you can tell him, like, I hope you find this, you piece of crap. Like, maybe you can play as Bill when his partner's still alive yeah. and you can see that. So that's kind of what they're thinking. The DLC is going to give you more insight. Or maybe you play as, like, you know, Tess earlier on, like maybe when she first meets Joel or right. something like that, or maybe where or the she was. Of the fireflies. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different stories yeah. in there. That, mm -hmm. hmm. Or you could play as like a soldier when the outbreak first happens. But it's, see, that's yeah. such a weird thing for me to add to this, though, because this story is about, you know, Joel and Ellie and their journey and the relationship you build. So, But that's kind of thing. I feel like their story is, is of... told, you know, so I feel like it would almost be a better idea to give you kind of more of an insight yeah. into these other characters and could totally change, like, you know, you could play as, you know, uh, Marilyn or whatever as the leader of the Fireflies and you could see her interactions with Ellie 
when she was little and you could see their relationship and it would really kind of change your look on like the fact that she was willing to sacrifice hmm. her, you know, even after all this relationship yeah. they had. I guess just and my point know. is when we talk about how story driven this is to go off story is weird to me and you yeah. can't expand on the story so I don't really know where they go the, yeah, I, know I feel like it's going to mostly go to multiplayer there's a, like, um, I get that I there's going to be at least two I think yeah I think they, they said they're, they're going to do both player. I know that um, they're just I think now wrapping up a four or five issue comic book series uh, called Just The Last of Us I think it has a subtitle too but it's basically the story of like I think it's 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 the story of Ellie growing up in like the quarantine zone mm-hmm. so that's I mean, that's not something I don't think I would want to play, but that's interesting. I mean, it, I think whenever you... that That's 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 this aspect of, like, the nerd culture thing, right? Like, you, you care about something, you want to kind of dig into the minutia of it and, like, learn as much about it. Yeah. Which, I mean, like Jared says, like, but this story's been told. So it's like, you don't want to go in and don't mess with what you've done. Don't touch that. That's fine. But, like... Yeah, or is there an interesting way that you can dig in and kind of? Help I think flesh they would do the it like you know, if they did like Bill's story with his partner, like with that, I feel they could tell that story and it wouldn't necessarily affect Joel and Ellie's story. It would just kind of give you a little extra insight into him, maybe. You know, if they did something like mm-hmm. that, and I don't think it would really affect the main storyline. So I think that might be a good idea is to pick characters or do stories that don't necessarily affect the main story. Like it's it's not really going to even really you know change your thoughts on it. But just kind of be something fun and different and maybe create its own story to tell. So, yeah. So, yeah, but um, definitely, uh, you know, uh, really, really great. And we're looking forward to seeing what the DLC has to offer. But, Jared, uh, final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, you know, there's one thing that was interesting I didn't get to bring up yet, so I'll bring this up. Uh-huh. Was when I, <laughs> when I finished playing the game, it comes up with New Game Plus, which... I don't know exactly what that gives you. I think it just gives you some of your upgrades. And I think it's you started up with all the upgrades you have. Because obviously yeah. you get to the end of the game, there's no way to fully upgrade, upgrade yourself. Everything. Yeah, so, which is like, okay, so you can play New Game Plus and play it again. And I played through this game in such a short span of days. Right. And um, I was going to loan it to Chris. I had borrowed it from Mike when I was done. And a small part of me said, like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll just, just play through it again real quick. It was so much fun. I'll just do it again on New Game Plus and it'll be faster because I got all these upgrades and it'll be really cool. And and I actually just sat there staring at the loads, the like home screen for like two minutes and then just just went, oh, I can't do it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I just can't play experience this again right now. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, when... just, I had to take a break. I want to play yeah. this game again so bad one day. Right. I'm really excited to play this game again, especially in one of those things where having played through it, I'll see the story a little bit differently that time, so you know the second playthrough will be very entertaining that way. But I was drained from mm-hmm. playing this game. I was like, I, I, I was like, I was like, I just, I can't do it. And I just turned the game off. I said, No, I'm going to give it to Chris. I'm going to get it. I'm just going to, no. Yeah. Yeah. When so, I first saw that, I, I kind of thought the same thing. Like, who would literally sit through all oh. this and then immediately jump back in and do it all over again? Like, uh, no, thank you. Man. Like, yes, I definitely do want to play it again. It's a great game. I, I would def, and I'll probably do it with that just so that I can get a lot of those upgrades and everything like that. But I would never play through this the first time and then jump back and do it again. No, and oh, I think no. Chris and I even talked about after playing this, we're like, needed to play really happy fun time games yeah. you know like we're like i need something i need an upper i'm so depressed it's borderlands I mean, too. yeah well, i need that's something the thing, but but even that like light. yeah i looked back at like my sort of recent game history i was like okay i played through the walking dead 
I played through Tomb Raider, which is really pretty heavy and depressing through most of it. I played through Tiny Tina, but even that, I mean, that's Borderlands sad. version of like, yeah. this is really kind of sad and depressing. And then to play through this, and that's why I'm just like, I just want to play ridiculous cartoony JRPGs now. Like, just the, right. the most obscene other end of just, that. Just play through Guacamelee again. Yeah, give me just, every Mario just play game Rabbit, ever. Rabbit, Rabbit. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Mario Party. Nothing with any substance, maybe. <laughs> but it is. Like, how cool is that? And maybe that ties into the whole idea of like, this was great, but this wasn't fun. But I, I wouldn't make that claim. I don't agree with that. I do think it was fun, but in a, in a very specific way. It's, would, it's like saying you can't enjoy a movie that's depressing. I don't know no, if I, I would it's call just, it what it is. as fun. I, I would call it definitely as entertaining, but I don't think it was meant to be fun. So exactly. I don't think you can really judge it in that way. I don't think you know all games are meant to be fun. Some games are meant to be challenging. I don't think anybody would call Dark Souls fun, fun but yeah. they would still say it's a no great one, game. If anyone called Super Meat Boy fun, it's because they're a masochist. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I feel like you can't judge all games by fun. I feel like entertaining would be the... the kind of best broad spectrum word that I would use for is it entertaining it was very entertaining like do you enjoy playing it absolutely kind of mm-hmm. so but uh, yeah so a really great discussion hopefully we'll have uh, lots more games like this over the next uh, you know this oh, next console generation and over the holiday stuff that we can have these in-depth conversations because we really do enjoy these games that kind of uh, you know make you think and allow you to talk about it and discuss so we look forward to more and more of these and guys, hit us up on the Facebook about this. We want to hear what you say, too. That's right. Talk to us. But uh, I guess that's going to kind of call it for us. So uh, for the used gamers, my name's Mike. I'm Jared. And I'm Chris. And we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. That's right. Truly the most uh, romantic yeah. game ever made. <laughs> uh, except for the fact that it's about a dude taking a kid across country, so we might want to be careful about talking about it being the That's most right. romantic game. <laughs>